What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Hi, this is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the What to Know podcast show. We're going to be changing it in the not-too-distant future, so a little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, You're going to love today's guest. If you are around for our South by Southwest activities, you may have seen her. Her name is Sandra Lindsay. She is a ICU nurse at Long Island Jewish Medical Center in Queens. Equally important, she was the first vaccine recipient for the COVID vaccine in the United States. So today we're going to talk about her early days in the ICU, vaccine confidence, what it means to her, what it means to the Black community, and a little sneak peek at some uh, presidential inauguration celebrations she got to do. So with that, hang in there and listen up. Hello, Sandra. Let's start with your story, which is a very cool one. Uh, You were the first person in the United States to get a COVID vaccine shot. It was Pfizer, which uh, was the first one to market here. Let's talk a little bit about how did you end up getting this golden ticket? Yeah, as you mentioned, I was the lucky one, and I am extremely grateful to have gotten that Pfizer vaccine. Uh, so I was I worked on the front lines during the peak of the pandemic and continue to do so. And I knew that, you know, the, the mask and the social distancing and the hand hygiene, they're all important preventative measures but they would not get us out of the crisis that we found ourselves in with COVID. And so we needed something more powerful in in terms of a vaccine to get us out of this crisis. So when I heard that a vaccine was in development, I was a fierce advocate. I asked questions, I tracked the development, Uh, listened to all the experts on what they had to say in terms of safety and efficacy. And so when the vaccine was deemed safe and effective, I volunteered. I volunteered to get the shot because professionally, uh, my job is to save lives. Uh, Socially, I, I am just one person in a larger community that I feel that it's my social responsibility to help my community to get well and to do my part to eradicate this virus. Uh, Personally, I was also very scared going into work every single day, not knowing what we're up against. Well, thank you for answering that. And you get right into the next question, which is, as we mentioned in the intro to the show, uh, you have been a nurse and you've worked in the ICU and you've looked, you know, starting back in March, you looked at uh, COVID right in the face. Let's talk a little bit about what it was like being with that team of leading nurses fighting this disease that we didn't really know much, if anything, about. We learned a little bit from China uh, we knew a little bit from our infectious disease specialists, but you were really battling this unknown enemy. Tell us what that was like. That was scary, not knowing what you're going into every single day. But I worked with an amazing group of nurses who I felt, as a leader, I felt a personal sense of responsibility for their safety. Every single day, every hour of the day, even when I was home, I was constantly thinking of ways to make it better, for them to feel safe, for them to feel less scared. So I made sure that I was visible, 
It was all titles out the door. I worked with them on the front lines, getting them whatever they needed. If it was to turn a patient, to sadly perform postmortem care, to get them food, to get them water, to get them personal protective equipment, I was there because I I wanted them to be safe. Well, and the good news is that we've battled through this. We're starting to get to a better place. We're in a much different place than we were a year ago, March, although we're still not completely out of the woods. So I do want to know, what about now? Like, what does your experience look like? Still a lot of people that are contracting. It feels like not as many people. It's not as mortal or uh, the mortality rate is going down, I should say. It's not as not killing as many people. And then we'll also get to some most more recent news from the CDC that impacts us one level further. But let's start with that one. So what are the last couple of months look like with now the vaccine rolling out? So we did see a second wave, not to the extent of the first wave. And thanks to vaccination, uh, we saw a volume of patients, but not to the extent that we saw in the first wave. But they were sick, just as sick. They were younger. But as we stand today, I am happy to share that we are in a much, much better place. Our volume has gone down. We don't feel like we're racing to save lives. It's manageable and people feel less scared. They feel more protected as we have vaccines on board. Well, that's good. And I know that you all did heroic work and continue to do heroic work. And one of the things I would like to know is, you know, I happen to work at a healthcare company and we work with a lot of clients and a lot of professionals. What are the things that we as the public can do and even folks like us that work at companies in the healthcare space to help support healthcare professionals? Um, I know probably part of it is to get ready for the next one, right? Since uh, we know that there will be more, at least outbreaks, hopefully no more pandemics, but um, certainly things that impact us. And we're, we're still not out of the woods, even though it is not as panicky and scary. I'm sure you still have some tough days and there's still a lot more that we need to do to treat folks. And we're now seeing it obviously globally. Um, we're seeing mutations and things like that. So what, what can we do to help? So first of all, thanks for your work um, in promoting public health and public safety. And what you can do to continue to support us is to continue to get the word out through your various platforms and modes of communication so that people get the facts to make informed decisions. Well, that totally makes sense. And, you know, fortunately, we are living in a time where it feels like the truth is a little more important than maybe it was uh, over the last few years. Related to that, and I do want to just touch on this one because it's an important one. You happen to be a woman of color on top of being a nurse and, you know, doing all of these frontline things. What does this experience mean to you when it comes to helping create vaccine confidence in the Black community, in the BIPOC community? Because that has been an area that just justly so, there's been a lot of distrust. Um, We've not done ourselves as a society any favors over the last 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. So I am extremely grateful to be in this position, to be able to share my experiences with people of color as we are distrustful, mistrustful, as you pointed out earlier, and historical events have contributed to this mistrust. However, it's a different time we're living in, and there are several safeguards that have been put in place to prevent harm from happening. I have seen how COVID-19 disproportionately affected 
our communities of color. And so every opportunity I get, I am out there having dialogue with people. I want to know the factors that are fueling their mistrust. I am clarifying, I am spreading facts, dispelling fears, dispelling uh, conspiracy theories. And I just continue to encourage people to get vaccinated because it's our best defense against eradicating this virus. I love that message. And it's funny because we were just talking today internally about the uh, mRNA platform that Pfizer has developed. And I think there's a mistruth in the fact that that was new and was built specifically for the COVID vaccine. And it's actually been around a lot longer. And so there was a lot more thought uh, that went into it. Now, that specific vaccine what was built because we didn't know anything about it or much about it before. So I love that idea around truth. Speaking of, and this is the sort of last thing we'll talk about specific to it, and, and that is that the CDC did come out a couple of weeks ago and they mentioned, you know, this was a, a surprise to us. We were happy to hear it, although it was a little bit of a surprise that, um, you know, masks, which have been one of the bigger, more polarizing things, uh, we don't need them if you've been vaccinated, you know, indoors or outdoors. Obviously, this does require some trust and honesty on people's parts. But what do you see, you know, this playing in terms of a role of that push to get people vaccinated? To me, it feels like, hey, why wouldn't you want to not have to wear a mask? Like, so go do this. But I would love to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. And that's how we should be looking at it. Not to say, well, you know, the CDC said we don't have to wear a mask now, so I can just not get vaccinated and I'll be okay. I can just take my mask off. You know, as I mentioned before about social responsibility, we live in a community. We don't live in a bubble. And so if you think beyond yourselves and think about the community at large, the population, the United States, the world at large, we need to just do the right thing just live our lives with truth and integrity, be our brothers, keepers. And now is the time to say, it doesn't mean that I can just take my mask off and go about my business. I still need to keep those around me safe in addition to myself. So I need to take the vaccine because there is a reward. And I think that's the bigger message that CDC was pushing. There are rewards for you getting vaccinated. You can get closer to your friends and family that you have not seen in over a year. You can travel again. You can get back to doing the things that you love and get back to your lives. So people shouldn't use this as an excuse not to get vaccinated. We still need to get vaccinated because if we don't, then we are in a race again against the variants, plus the, a race against the variants really in our lives. And so we know if the variants take hold, they will win. Yeah, no, that's a perfect message. And what came to mind as you were saying that for those that are spiritual, I won't say religious, but love thy neighbor, right? And what can you do to really help support them? And you were actually on a, uh, a session with Dr. Reed Tuxen. That was one of my favorites at, at South by Southwest and um, Judy Seward from Pfizer and just talking about why it was so important and what those great things were that you would get back. Speaking of great things, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, for those that may think that this voice or this face looks familiar for anyone watching the, the little video clip, uh, you had a pretty cool experience. And I would say there was no one more deserving of this. 
you get a chance to hang out with our new president and vice president, that of the United States, during the inauguration gala. I mean, that had to be kind of amazing, right? Tell us a little more about that. I was elated when I got that opportunity, not only for myself, but, um, you know, to have that platform to just shine the spotlight on healthcare workers all around the world and um, to let people know the heroic efforts that people have put in to save lives. So, you know, it was a celebration of ordinary Americans doing extraordinary things. And I was just one person representing an army of healthcare workers. And I was proud to be able to do that. Well, again, that's that's amazing. And I'm so glad that they chose you because there were few people that were more deserving than that. Um, this is how I like to sort of wind down the show. And so related, during the pandemic, I've started asking guests, if you had one wish, uh, what would that wish be and why? So what would your wish be, Sandra? For everyone to just spread more love, be respectful of each other's differences and look beyond a person's face or eyes to find value in what they bring to the table. I love that. And not surprising coming from you that you would say something that was so thoughtful uh, and so selfless. So last one, this is a fun one. It's a little gratuitous, which may seem strange given the, the heavy topic we're covering, but it does help all of my listeners, our listeners to hear and, and get to know the guests a little bit better. Um, I like to say, you know, pretend you're stuck on a deserted island. Ideally, it's a nice one, right? Maybe uh, one with cool drinks and uh, a cool breeze. Uh, but you can pick one album to take with you. Which album would you pick and why would you choose it? I would have to go with um, Bob Marley and the Whalers legend, um, iconic album. The songs, each and every one of them has a message uh, in the music. And so I like that album. I could listen to it on repeat. Well, one of my favorites, and I think I wore that one out uh, a number of times. And so what a great way to wrap up. So Sandra Lindsay, who is the, uh, was an ICU nurse and was the first recipient in the United States to get the COVID vaccine. Uh, thank you so much. You're a busy person. I know you're also working your uh, doctorate degree. So thank you for taking the time out to do this and to really help spread such an important message and put light into the world. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whogroup.com slash what to know.